Last July, India banned single-use plastic. The idea obviously was to curb the plastic menace. Twenty items that we used almost daily faded from the market. Straws vanished from our juices, and so did plastic plates, cups, glasses, and cutlery. But over the past few months, some of these items have made a comeback. Now you can again sip on your naril pani with the plastic straw, get food parcelled in plastic containers, and the most prominent one, buy groceries in plastic bags. Yes, one keeps hearing of the occasional raids by municipal corporations seizing hundreds of kilos of single-use plastic items from vendors and collecting lakhs of rupees in fines from them. But the resilience of these items is such that they keep finding their way back to the markets. Clearly, the ban has not been fully effective in its first year. But why? What needs to be done? What about companies packaging their products in plastic? Have they done anything to help the situation? What about recycling? And can we simply stop manufacturing plastics? I dive into today's episode seeking answers to these questions with Akshay Gunteti from a waste management services firm Greenworms and Nandini Kumar from CII. It's Friday 30th of June from the Economic Times and Kalpana Patak and this is the morning brief. Just pause and think if you can spend one day without touching plastic. No, right? Now imagine spending a full year without single-use plastic items. We asked a few people how did they manage the last one year. I know single-use plastics are banned, but still somehow I'm not able to like get rid of habit. I don't carry my shopping bag, and I'm guilty of that. Single-use plastics are banned, but sadly it's still sold at the highest rate, and you know it's at everyone's ease and convenience. So therefore, it makes it an easier thing. Everyone in my house stack plastic bags, and we reuse it as and when it's necessary. I tend to remember to take them, but I fail to. I don't specifically segregate plastics at source. I always reuse plastic bags as much as I can until and unless I lose them or you know they are uh, inappropriate to use. Our whole entire ecosystem is created around it. That is a big time threat to the environment. Despite knowing that plastic is a big threat to the environment, its use has been increasing. No wonder then that India is the fifth highest generator of plastic waste. What does that mean? It means we are generating 3.4 million tons of plastic every year. and unfortunately only a third of this is recycled a major part of this recycled plastic are the good old pet or pet bottles in fact pet is the most recyclable plastic across the world thankfully india has a well functioning waste economy which ensures most of its pet is recycled the going rate for recycling pet currently is 35 rupees for 1 kilogram but what happens to the remaining trash Well, a major portion of it is non-recyclable and gets burnt or dumped in landfills, leading to plastic pollution. To get a sense of how far the vendors and shopkeepers have been complying with the ban, my TMB colleagues Vinay Joshi and Rajesh Naik went around Mumbai and its suburbs. Here's what they gathered. 
अभी तो पहले हम लोग भी प्लास्टिक बैग यूज करते थे अभी हम लोग कस्टमर को झोला लाने के लिए बोलते हैं हम लोग कैरी बैग जो यूज कर रहे हैं जो भी अपना किराने का थैली है वही है कभी कभी आप देना पड़ता है नहीं तो क्या करते कि कस्टमर बोलता है फ्रूट नहीं चाहिए पेपर ज्यादा यूज करते हैं हम लोग थैली दस बारह मैक्मम हम लोग थैली ज्यादा कम से कम वापरते अभी मैं भी एक वेंडर हूँ मैं भी फ्लावर बाय करता हूँ तो वो जो मैं बाय करता हूँ ना तो वो मुझे प्लास्टिक में आता है एक बंडल हम लोग लेंगे तो पंद्रह दिन चलाते वो एक थैली के बंडल में बीस नग होते हैं बीस पच्चीस जो ट्वेंटी माइक्रो का रहता है वो वो हम लोग नहीं यूज करते हैं फिफ्टी माइक्रो का चलेगा अभी बंद होने के बाद ज्यादा करके वो थैली के बैग आते हैं वो भी मेरे पास है मैं वो भी रखता हूँ क्योंकि पाँच पाँच किलो का जो पैक रहता है ना वो वो उसमें देना पड़ता है पाँच किलो थैली में नहीं मिलता भी प्लास्टिक से पर्यावरण को तो बहुत नुकसान है लेकिन लोग इसको फॉलो नहीं करते करना चाहिए राजस होटल वी वेंट टू कुरला एंड वी मेट अ फ्यू शॉपकीपर्स हु डेल्ट इन प्लास्टिक आइटम्स यू नो वन ऑफ देम हैड स्टॉक्ड टन्स ऑफ प्लास्टिक बैग्स एंड वी आस्ट हिम अबाउट द बैन एंड ही सेड दैट द बैन हैज बीन इन प्लेस फॉर ओवर 10 इयर्स नाउ बट स्टिल पीपल यूज प्लास्टिक एंड वी कांट रियली स्टॉप सेलिंग प्लास्टिक बिकॉज़ देयर बिजनेस डिपेंड्स अपॉन इट एंड ही सेड दैट नोबडी केयर्स वेल प्रोबब्ली इट्स दिस नो वन केयर्स एटीट्यूड दैट हैज लेड टू एन इंक्रीज इन प्लास्टिक वेस्ट अराउंड अस So it's here that the role of waste management companies like Green Worms becomes crucial. Akshay Gunteti, head of partnership at Green Worms, tells me that his company did not see as much drop in plastic waste as they envisaged when the ban was introduced last year. When it comes to the waste management, we were predicting that you know there will be a 20 to 30 percent of decrease in the waste volumes due to the ban of single-use plastic. But to our surprise, it's only hardly two to three percent depend on single-use plastics because see, we work in this coastal rural areas or essentially the low-income groups where the sachets or the single-use plastic like carry bags or you know unbranded packaging has been using. and in this case if you see our inward waste nearly 30 to 40% of the waste that comes is single use materials let it be plastics or paper and other streams so we thought like this single use will have a larger influence because it's a central government initiative but on the ground what happening is they're ready to switch but they don't have alternatives or they are not affordable so it has been a kind of hurdle akshay has recycling increased over the last one year If you see the investments into the recycling ecosystem has significantly increased. There are five to six recycling companies who has invested. This means a lot because the recycling infrastructure was very limited in India, and with a lot of complex waste that coming into the picture, we need more robust recycling ecosystems. Definitely, the recycling capacity has been increasing, and there are many brands who are also pushing for the. working with brands or waste management companies like us definitely it has been increased and we need it like to grow at 5 or 10 next time because the waste has been increasing over the last 5 years india's plastic waste has doubled this when our per capita consumption of plastic is at 11 kilograms per year among the lowest in the world in comparison the global average is 28 kilograms per year Still, we are the third largest consumer of plastic after China and the US. And since we are poised for further economic growth, plastic consumption is bound to get pushed in the coming decades. In fact, to curb plastic use, the government is looking to promote biodegradable plastics or bioplastics. 
a kind of plastic that comes from organic sources and its use is growing in India. But Akshay tells me that some unscrupulous players are labeling plastics as bioplastics to make money. So till there's enough tech innovation to segregate real bioplastic from the fake ones, waste managers would stick to recycling of pure plastics. Meanwhile, Indian companies are looking at how to avoid adding more plastic waste into the environment. An extended producer's responsibility or EPR is the way out. Based on the principle of polluter pay, EPR places the liability of collection, recycling and reuse of plastic waste on companies that use such plastic for packaging. We reached out to nearly half a dozen companies like PepsiCo, ITC, Marico and Tata Consumer Products among others for their views and work on EPR in the past one year. Interestingly, none agreed to participate in this podcast. So to understand what companies are doing, I browsed to the latest annual report of the India Plastic Pact which is working to create a circular economy for plastic packaging in India. I gathered that companies have taken baby steps to reduce the use of plastic in their packaging. For instance, Godrej and Boys manufacturing has moved to 100% recyclable packaging that effectively reduces 52 tons of thermocol packaging for the company. Mondelez India eliminated the use of wrapping films from around chocolate boxes with paper stickers. And Marico is using 10% recycled PET for one of its hair oil brands. The India Plastic Pact was launched in September 2021, spearheaded by the CII and the Worldwide Fund for Nature, or WWF. The pact involves businesses, governments, civil societies and other stakeholders coming together to find solution to the plastic issue. Nandini Kumar, senior consultant at CII, tells me how the pact is coaxing companies to reduce use of plastic in packaging. The India Plastics Pact was launched in 2021, so it hasn't really been in action for all that long. We've got 47 signatories at this point, and there are a few who are in the pipeline just waiting for permissions and um, some procedural things to come through in their companies. And uh, we expect them to sign on in a couple of months. So we should reach the half-century mark pretty soon. But this is not really so much about totting up companies as it is about covering the plastic footprint in India. And uh, it's a little different from other initiatives in that it deals with all the plastic resins used in packaging, not just PET, but polyethylene, polypropylene, PVC, polystyrene also. Although at this stage we cannot say so much of plastic reduced, Definitely, we can say that there are about 390 million items that are defined as unnecessary or problematic, which packed signatories will phase out over the next few years, all the way to 2030. In terms of improving the design of packaging, there are already goals out. We've brought out design guidances. We hope that companies will adopt those guidances and start producing better plastics. So by 2030, as you mentioned, what kind of impact does India Plastic Pact think that it would be able to bring about in containing the plastic menace? So in terms of the signatories who are part of the pact today and who we hope will already sign on, we hope that a big impact will be in a change 
of the design of plastic packaging. That means you use better plastics, better quality plastics, so that you improve their recyclability. And this has a sort of knock-on effect. Therefore, if they are more recyclable, they stay in the economy for longer, and it takes longer for them to end up in landfill. Well, they do end up in landfill. You can't stop that. But it takes much longer to get there, which is a desirable uh, endpoint. That's one thing. The second thing that I find is already happening is a percolation of awareness. There's an increase in the awareness of the importance of good design. There's also a hope that through the pact, we'll be able to get a lot more recycling infrastructure in the country because one of the targets mandates increasing recycling. And that's possible only when the supporting infrastructure is also mobilized and available. So that's something that we hope will definitely happen by 2030. We aim for mobilizing the entire ecosystem. The precise areas that need mobilization are the collection, segregation, and sorting. And for these to become anywhere near where we want them to be by 2030, you need a whole lot of public awareness. So we hope that indirectly or directly, the pact will be able to drive an increase in public awareness. And we are also targeting some sort of campaigns to bring about behavioral change. This is not easy. None of this is easy. None of this is something that can happen at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. It's going to take a lot of time. But I'm glad to see that the effort has begun. And that, if you ask me at a very broad level, I feel that that's the third kind of change the pact can bring. So Nandini, anything being done by companies on the design front? There are two kinds of packaging formats. One is the rigid format. You just mentioned PET bottles. So rigid formats maintain and retain their shape. The flexible formats don't. They're the ones you typically see in chips packets or what we get our dals in in supermarkets and what we get our milk in the pouches. So uh, in terms of design, currently a huge part of the problem and something that hinders recyclability is the fact that the structure of these formats, packaging formats, are made up of different resins. Many of the flexible formats actually contain a mixture of polymers. So you might have something like PET together with polyethylene. You may have polyethylene sandwiched with polypropylene with another layer in between or another layer outside. So these are the multi-layer polymer compositions. These are a problem because those layers are so beautifully stuck to each other that they can't be removed and they cannot be recycled together. So in terms of design, what we are pushing for now and which is a goal of the pact is a move towards monomaterial structures. You can have a varying thickness, but if the polymer family is the same, you're good to go. And that's what we are shifting towards in every country, actually, but more so in India because flexible packaging dominates in India. In the West, rigid packaging formats dominate. What about extended producer responsibility or EPR? EPR has only just come in. It's been here for, what, maybe a year. The guidelines came in just a little over a year ago. I think a lot of the Indian plastics value chain uh, were sort of grappling with and struggling with first trying to understand what it was about. 
What does it entail? What do we have to do? How can we be helped in it? How will it be recorded? What is the metric? So EPR, right now, it's not as if you're just going to see everything dramatically changing. It's a gradual process. And I think it's also important to remember that packaging companies also have to change, not just the brands. The brands change, the brands design, they specify what they want. And the packaging companies or converters, as they are called, they're the ones who actually have to implement it. Now, if they implement changed compositions, they have to change machines. They may have to invest more in buying new machines. They have to run these trials with different compositions to see if their machines will take it. They need to tweak settings on the machines. So for this, you need qualified technicians. You need good machines. You need the correct kind of machines. So sort of being very certain that EPR will be rolled out consistently and in the way that it is currently drafted and put out in the guidelines is a very important signal for brands and converters when they know they can go ahead and make the investments. I do see a change in the thinking of people I've met from different parts of the plastics value chain over the last year or two. There's gradually a change in thinking towards Yes, so it's there. Now we have to deal with it. And to me, that's the more important thing. Once that change is embedded, once every company knows there's a level playing field that everybody has to abide by the same rules, I think they are more willing to put the investment, make the effort. We think the problem of plastic is a waste management issue. But it inherently is a consumption issue, also the reason for the ban being ineffective so far. But the first year of the not-so-effective ban can't be a reflection of its success going forward. Companies are slowly realizing their role in reducing plastic pollution, which is prompting them to redesign their plastic packaging. While a ban is a deterrent policy measure, the government can adopt proactive steps like introducing Deposit Refund Scheme or DRS which incentivizes consumers to bring back their waste. In Norway, for instance, the DRS scheme ensures that 97% of all plastic drink bottles are returned and less than 1% of all plastic bottles sold in the country end up in the environment. Imagine if this happens in India. What difference would it make to our lives and the environment? The challenge is also on the production front. With India focusing on becoming a petrochemical hub of the world, it faces the tough choice between development and environment. And if for economic growth, production can't be compromised, consumption and disposal have to be altered. So it's you and me, the citizens who also need to wake up to our responsibilities. That's it for today from me, Kalpna Patak. A big thank you to Akshay and Nandini for their insights and a special thanks to my team members, Vinay and Rajas. This episode was brought to you by sound editor Indranil Bhattacharji and show producer Vinay Joshi. Executive producers Anupriya Nair, Anil Ban Chaudhary and Aurajit Barman. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, do share it on your social media networks. Brand new episodes of the Morning Brief podcast drop every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. You can catch it on Amazon Prime Music, GeoSavan, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and of course, ET's own audio platform, ET Play. Have a great day ahead.